Yo, what's up? It's the Two Season of Pod podcast presented by Macedonia Baptist Church. I'm the hostess with the mostest, Chris Lindsay, and I'm here with Chris Ravening. Okay, yeah. What's up, man? <laughs> that was a that didn't have a particularly strong. Uh, no, you 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 were kind of unsure of your name. I'm, my name is Chris. <laughs> Chris my, my, what what is it? Maybe. Oh, what's up, man? How was Colorado? Colorado was good. Was it cold? Uh, one day it was a little cold. Like, it, but it was more. Could you tell the difference in altitude? Yeah, yeah, you can tell. I'm, I'm not used to it anymore. But we were like walking up the Red Rocks stuff. Yeah, area. I saw that. That was pretty. Yeah. Um, and there's it's like so it's got some slope up to that thing to get into the amphitheater. Which, by the way, I don't know if any of y'all know this. They do concerts there. Um, and I've always wanted to go like to in the middle there. of the desert. Yeah, kind of. It's not. It's kind of out there, but it's in the mountains, and it's in this outdoor amphitheater. But these massive red rocks are sort of kind of in by the side of it, so it has really good acoustics. Because they were playing some sound for a sound check for the concert that night, and I was like, "Man, that sounds really good for an outdoor amphitheater." Because normally outdoors, it can kind of be. It's not great because there's no, you know, acoustics. But it was sounding because it was bouncing off the rock. Mm. It was it sounded really good. Let's go preach there. That would be dope. That would be really. I'm cool. sure. I'm sure you would. You would need some a little bit of sound amplification. Mm-hmm. But m- mine and your loud yeah. bolstering voices, we probably wouldn't need much. Isn't that amazing? Is Think bolstering about, a good word? Uh, was it boistering? Is that what you bolstering? said? Bolstering. Bolstering. Bolster. Bolster seems like to powerful. Like a strengthening. Bolster. Okay. Strengthens. Right. I think. But yeah, that that would be a really good place to preach. Um, you would be preaching up. Mm-hmm. people because it goes down at the stage okay so it goes so stage is down and then it comes up like this so you'd be preaching gotcha. up at people that'd be kind of cool yeah but like you big. who are high up come down come down and humble <laughs> yourself before the lord <laughs> that would be interesting to preach up that way right um so, but I know i know probably when billy graham did it he kind of probably did that when he was down on fields and then yeah. they were stadiumed out that way i know reading uh some about john Whitf- uh george whitfield and some of those older preachers right oh yeah you're gonna get that door right? yeah we get the door you normally do it and uh they preached with no amplification but they were preaching to a lot of people so 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 here here's a good theory um that Whitfield didn't actually preach to 30,000 people. Oh, really? That was that, yeah. was that number uh, yeah, it, skewed a bit? Skewed, skewed just a tad. <laughs> he preached to a lot of people, but thirty. you got to think about 30,000 people. Mm-hmm. You were at the Broncos Stadium. Yes, there were 70,000 there. 70,000. That's a huge So place. take, take a so th- take, third of it. Well, even then, probably it was more like almost 50% of that crowd. Okay. Right. Take take fifty percent of that stadium, mm-hmm. put them on the field. You wouldn't fit. You wouldn't fit them. Right. Right. And that's a football field plus the sidelines and everything. Right. Right. So, they. I think there was less people. There had to have been less people. I'm trying to think. Was it out in fields and stuff like that? So. Yeah, but you'd throw them out here in the cotton field. Yeah. You know, still. So I've got the a lot question of voice. Be, was he it, yelling? Was he yelling? And B is there? There's some of those books made it made it seem like insinuated that that there was supernatural right amplification, right. which 
could well, happen. Yeah, I mean, God, we weren't there. We weren't there. God could do that. But anyway, yeah. interesting thing to think about. But yeah, that's what I was thinking about amplification. You can, like, I think as you can probably tell when we preach, I don't need amplification. You don't really need amplification. Um, so, and but we're in a that's not a huge sanctuary for right. us. But you can. You can do it. I mean, if you kind of preach from your gut, like you can mm. really get get some sound going. But you know, it's probably maybe could have been some supernatural. I can't say either way because I wasn't there. Uh, I think was it was it Benjamin Franklin that kind of talked? Was it about uh, was it about Whitfield that he would go and even though yep. he wasn't a believer, he would go. Uh, and listen he to made it. it. He insinuated in some of that that there was some sort of. That it was it was miraculous that he was able to preach that loud. I yeah. think if I remember correctly, don't quote me on that. It's been a while since I read that little um, book, uh, Dalamore's um, stuff. That that purple book you have, it. I gave it to you because I okay. extra copy. But anyway, yeah, he uh, uh, Jefferson actually went to him, uh, heard Edwards preach, mm-hmm. and uh, so so sitting here thinking about the great preachers, right? Um, that that we're all kind of infatuated with, at least me. You know, you think about John Knox, Edwards, uh, Robert Murray McShane, uh, and the good doctrinal preaching. Mm-hmm. They didn't have over a hundred people in their church. Hmm. You know, we kind of think about it like they they would fill out the church, and they, they didn't did. have that many. Mm-hmm. Even going when we went to CHBC, Mark Dever maybe had. 400, 500 people in a church. Right, but they also plan out a bunch, don't they? Right. So if they get to a certain point, yeah. they're always planning. And that, that's that's probably a high number to the amount of people right. that were in there. Because they have to, like, then they have to knock out a wall yep. and make another... But they only do one service. Right. Which I think is the right thing to do, Yeah, ultimately. I mean, if you have to have multiple services, but ultimately it should be one gathered body. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in that realm. And then, and then what's kind of funny about Edwards is Jonathan Edwards, he he preached beautiful doctrinal sermons. Mm-hmm. And we cherish those now. But he got kicked out of his church because of convictions concerning the Lord's Supper. And he went and preached the same thing to Indians. Yeah. You know, um... So that's kind of a sobering fact. It is a sobering <laughs> fact, isn't it? I mean, you're reading. I'm reading through the prophets. God tells the prophets all the time, "Go, go tell." Mm-hmm. Dang, I listen to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, go tell them the judgment I'm about to bring upon them. They ain't gonna listen to you. Yeah, and that, that's that's rough, man. Yeah. I don't know, like, Lord, if Lord. It, if God again, uh, if we have the scriptures in front of us, but there's some of that principles in there that the word will not return void; it will do what it purpose. Now, the purpose doesn't always mean it's going to be positive that you're going to blow blow the the church up with a bunch of people. It, it may shrink it. Mm. It may uh, may make people mad and make them you know, and it, not too intentionally. We don't ever want to be intentionally jerkish. You know that kind of that kind of preaching where you're where you're being abrasive just for the sake of being abrasive and being a jerk, but that sometimes you're going to preach the word, and it's gonna it's gonna be a subject that is going to cause people to say, "Nah, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I don't like that." Mm-hmm. Um, that's why 
Paul told Timothy, preach the word in season and out of season. Right. Right. He told them to. And 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 that that verse after it, people will have itching ears. Itching ears, right? Right. Uh, and that can be itching ears. Sometimes we take itching ears and make it um, like they want to hear prosperity gospel. Right. But you can have itching ears in a uh, in a very conservative church because you want to hear. Uh, a guy go off on a particular subject, a particular politic, or a particular mm-hmm. uh, issue, and if he doesn't do that, you get mad because you think that he. he and it, I read a post on that uh, earlier this week about um, there's some people that get mad at some pastors because they didn't write a huge long post about a particular thing that happened in the country mm-hmm. that their silence was deafening. Right. Well. A, maybe they don't get on social media a lot. Some of them don't have social media. I know we do. Um, but just because they're silent about it doesn't mean that they don't care about it. Right. Maybe they're thinking about it in a, how can I, what, how do I need to deal with this in my own congregation? How can I address that? But it, people do that too in, in pulpits too. They expect the pastor, if he doesn't speak on that, then he's not standing strong mm-hmm. on something. Or he's uh, he's not speaking to what I what I'm passionate about. And he may be passionate about it, but that's not in the text that week. Right. Maybe that's not what you need to hear that week. Right. Um, so that can be itching ears, too. It goes both ways. Right. I want the hellfire of Brimstone preaching. Um, Sometimes and, you need the grace and compassion of Jesus. Right. Yep. Um, so uh, let's talk about this a little bit more. Uh, so when preaching, there there's something that happens during the preaching event. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Have I? We'll just do. We'll just play. I'll let you go for a little bit, and then I'll go for a little bit, and then we'll we'll just see where we, where we go, where it leads, what happens. So, what do you think happens during the preaching event? Like, okay, so the question is, what do you think is happening at the preaching event? Are you talking about in like what is happening in general, or or or? Uh, I guess maybe I'm trying to find a clarification question. Of, yes, yes, <laughs> that doesn't help. Um, what do you, what when when you when you stand up there to preach? Okay. What do what do you think is happening? Well, first and foremost, it should be the proclamation of the word of God. Okay. Yes, that's being done. So done. in that moment, so what's being what's happening as that's happening? Yes. That's okay. That's the uh, yeah. question. Sorry, I think. That's good. Uh, I, I think we kind of we we're talking about this before we got on here, but now that give, gives us some good context here. Um, what is happening at that moment for that particular set of people? It, it's so. Let me let's let's talk about what the intention for that for those people that are listening then and there. That sermon is meant for them. It is meant for. That gathering of believers, because of that bad gathering of believers, in their experiences, and who they are, where they're at, the geographic location, the experiences, and the background of where they are, that the pastor should also be exegeting their own people too at the same time while they're exegeting the scriptures. Um, that's a fancy word for studying the word and studying the people. How does this apply? Which I know I always need to work on myself. One of my work, but how does this apply to this particular set of people at this time? So what's happening is that that word is being proclaimed with authority to that set of people at that moment, and there's something special happening at that moment that's different 
than if someone were sort of to listen to that later on. Is that what you're asking? Is that what we're trying to go for? Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I, I think. It's, it doesn't mean it can't be useful for someone else that were to listen to it. Um, but I also think it's a physical presence too. So I know that that's going to be another issue that some people will have. I think that online is not sufficient. I mean, if online is a means by which somebody might get their foot in the door to kind of check out what a church is like and what they're preaching and what they're what the church is like. I think there's nothing wrong with that. But the physical presence cannot replace, cannot be replicated on an online format. Wow. Because you are not in communion with God's people, because you're commanded to to gather with God's people, um, uh, as it says in Hebrews. Uh, you had it up here a second ago. Hebrews ten twenty five. Right. Uh, do not neglect like the, the gathering. gathering. Um, so there is, as um, as that's happening, as the pastor is preaching, whoever's preaching there, that there's also a communal aspect of what's going on that. Um, I'm receiving it individually, but we're also receiving it corporately. So there's something that we should all be responding to together in that. So I may be in a particular passage of Scripture, or I may be hearing a particular passage of Scripture that um, speaks specifically to me at that moment, but it doesn't, that maybe there's a conviction there that I'm struggling with from that passage that's speaking directly to me. But maybe there's another believer that's not struggling with that, but is encouraged by that, that um, can be praying on behalf of God, not in a prideful way, like, oh, this doesn't apply to me, but that, oh, this is, I, I've experienced this too. I've experienced this conviction. God's changed my heart over it. How can I be praying alongside during this time for people that may be struggling with that? I don't know. That's something I'm thinking, thinking through. I agree. Um so, so and it can apply in different ways too. And that, right. that sub- I want to be careful not to subjectively say that because there is a objective truth applications from the text, but it can subjectively apply differently for each person. So because- subjective would uh, objective would be uh, Paul saying let 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 yourself not have any uh, unwholesome talk. Mm-hmm. And subjectively, that would mean, oh, I need to quit telling those dirty jokes. Yes. Yep. Somebody may not struggle with that, right? Right. But they may um, stub their toe, and someone may stub their toe, and the first thing that comes out is an f bomb, right? <laughs> right. They're like, oh, yeah. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what, what that. I need to that's what the that. pastor said. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's there's to there's this dichotomy. The dichotomy. dichotomy, man. I'm, I'm in some dichotomies. If I could figure out one more, I'd, I'd hop in. Trichotomist. A trichotomist, uh, like frame is. Um, Body, soul, and spirit. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, so the spirit is speaking through the pastor. Mm-hmm. The spirit is speaking in the pastor. Mm-hmm. And the spirit is also receiving that word in the hearer. Mm-hmm. To cause them to see what's going on. Yes. So, uh, Dr. Milioni says, The Spirit of God is present when the Word of God is rightly proclaimed. Yes. In both subjective and objectively, and it's only subjective if the... I know I'm going deep here. It's it's only subjective and seen subjectively through the Holy Spirit. Yes. That That makes good sense. So it only changes, it only subjectives on the inside 
uh, through the Holy Spirit. So, because you can apply it wrongly, correct, and that wouldn't be a that would be not a good application. It'd be a wrong application, right? So it wouldn't be true. It, it would be. It would. It would. If you apply it as if I just don't talk, uh, if I just don't talk nasty and I talk wholesomely, mm-hmm. then God's gonna have favor upon me, right? Right. Mm-hmm. At that point, you've you've left what Scripture says. No. Or you know you could take one like uh, you need to forgive one another as Christ forgave you. Oh, I'm only forgive the people that have forgiven that that come to me first. Right. And that's not what the text says. Right. Yeah. So you you can say I'm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good, but I'm only going to do it if that person comes to me first. Mm. Yep. No, that's that's not what the application. That'd be a wrong application. Right. Um, so during the preaching event. The preacher is, if the word is rightly being proclaimed, it's speaking th- uh, the words of God uh-huh. through through his study of it, mm-hmm. through the manuscripting, if they manuscript, through the rightful exegesis of the word, and through the applying of the text. Now there could could be some like like uh, one of my boys. Uh, I'm not gonna name his name, but. In Psalm 150, his application was uh, Psalm 150, the praise, that ending praise, that uh, if you can't sing, you need to go get singing lessons. Right. Right. I, I think in, in that moment, that was not a proper exegesis. No. That was an opinion. Right. An opinion that doesn't, don't think that was a proper biblical opinion. So, so when we're receiving the Word of God in the proclamation event, so when we're listening to the preaching of the word, mm-hmm. uh, what should we do? Should we should obey it? Okay. What uh, if it hurts? Obey it. <laughs> <laughs> Does it mean it's not going to hurt? Does it mean it, it, you obey it? I, I, I don't think there's any other response other than um, obey it. I mean, be do the word, right? Be no, just hear it, do it. So you hear it, affirm it, but then ask the question: Then what do I do with this? And hopefully, the pastor and sometimes I don't do a good job of this, but the pastor, or the preacher, will make some application. And sometimes they may make a vague application to try to generalize it to the whole to the whole congregation. But then you can ask that same question yourself after after the sermon. So here's a great way. So let's 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 talk about ways you can do this. So after the sermon's done, you can respond to it through the ways that we do it here. You can respond in prayer. You can respond by singing in praise. Um, you know, uh, however you choose to do that, you can do that during that. But then I think it doesn't end there. It needs to continue on as you leave the building. Mm. Um, Throughout you can, the week. Well, maybe not even leaving the building. Maybe it could be after you're done, after everybody's leaving, but you're sitting there discussing, talking to somebody at the church. You're, you're lingering a little bit. You can start asking that. Hey, what'd you think of that sermon? What? Uh, what? How can we... That was good. Like, So then ask the question. Instead of saying, hey, that was a good job, say, okay, well, that was good, so what do we do with it? Like, mm-hmm. Start asking that question. Discuss it. Think through it. Or, then, or, or, say, or say, hey, the Lord really spoke to me when you said, uh, quit... Uh, Quit kicking dogs, right? Mm-hmm, right. Uh, I know that's a joke, but like what? you said something about not unwholesome talk. Mm-hmm. I, you know, God showed me that sometimes I have unwholesome talk, right? And I appreciate 
Yeah, that, or you could tell one another, say, it may be in one of those really hurt, it's going to hurt, but like I talked about, like, there needs to be some forgiveness involved. Maybe you go out, could happen there, or could happen sometime that week, or, you know, you need to call that person, you need to meet with that person and say, hey, uh, I've sinned against you, forgive me. Yeah. Um, You know, let's reconcile. That would be good application. Uh, it doesn't mean it's easy application. It doesn't mean that you may ask for forgiveness and they may not forgive you. Um, and it may take a long time. It may take some work, but that's application. Um, and, you know, so asking some of those questions, but you do that at home, do that with your kids, do that with your uh, spouse uh, as you're eating lunch. You know, talk about It's hard for me to do that because I want to ask Bethany, you know, it, it's it's that's a little harder for me i think i can ask my kids but you know um i don't want it to sound like hey what do you think of sermon um mm-hmm. you know and get prideful because i want to yeah. be affirmed by it so one of the things i love is at, at the lunch table i sit there i ask three questions generally what did you learn in sunday school mm-hmm. how did it point to christ and what did god show you in the sermon mm-hmm those three. One, it shows me my kids don't normally listen to anything. Uh, but when they do, when they say, hey, this is what showed me. And then Courtney has something different than I do. Mm-hmm. And then it gives us opening for communication, for conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? We've lost that art of conversation. I have a book that, that's titled that. Yeah. yeah. Um, pick that book up. Not out of my office, but uh, on Amazon. <laughs> It's it's a it's a decent book. It, it it's it's a reminder of. Do you see it? It should be on the bottom right hand side, uh, last yes, second to last book. Here, I'm pulling it out so I can say who it is. The Lost Discipline of Conversation: Surprising Lessons in Spiritual Formation, drawn from the English Puritans by Joanne J. Jung. Jung. Forward by Kyle Strobel. Yep, it's. It's really good. Um, Joanne Jung. Joanne Jung. The Lost Discipline of Conversation. I have I, not read it, so I yeah, have to put that I, on there. I heard about it from um, uh, Doctrine and Devotion, another podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're not listening to Doctrine and Devotion, don't turn this off and go listen, but listen to Doctrine and Devotion after. You probably could turn us off and go listen to it. Nah, don't, don't turn this off because <laughs> this is good stuff. This is <laughs> no, good it's, stuff. Um, so in the preaching of the event, be receptive to what you're hearing. Um, also understand too the the pastor, uh, the preacher has probably, if if done right, struggled through this and knows his own sin. Yes, should be, should be. Um, and I'll be honest. There's sometimes where there's been times where I've struggled with it. There's sometimes I'll be honest where it became an it became an exercise of just I have to do this for the week yeah. and uh, I think that I think it's obvious in my own heart when that happens like oh I just did this because I was supposed to and then another thing too is don't don't be don't sit there and because we were just talking about this before we got onto the podcast um, but don't sit there and think through huh this would be good for Joe to hear hmm. Uh, this would be good for Susie, right? You know, she's struggling through this sin. Mm-hmm. Um, probably it, that's a little prideful because you're probably struggling with that thing also. Yes. Um, so let let the word do the work in you. Don't be hard hearted to so, it. So yeah, here's a great example to do with that. So it was meant for you to hear that, and let's just say it's. Uh, you know, just a common one. You got like gossip, gossip or something, 
And maybe you really are pretty well. You you tried to not do that. And you, you so how then can you help encourage others to do that? Right. So when you hear gossip, you stop the gossip. Right. You say, no, we're not going to do that. You know, let's instead of doing that, let's let's you know, just pray about it, but not in like a gossipy way. Because right. sometimes you do prayer requests can turn into a gossip session. But let's hey, let's pray for that person. Let's encourage that person. Or or you can stop and say, hey, is that let's. We is that coming from directly from them and stop it right then and yeah. there. So that would be a way that, hey, I may not be struggling with that, but I want to make sure that I'm not continuing it on. How can I help stop that within the body of Christ, right? So that would be a good application or, you know, in myriad of other ways. Um, you, you Let's just say you have a 50-year marriage and it's strong, right? Mm-hmm. And you heard a, a sermon on the marriage, right? You go... Obviously, there's some principles you can always learn. You can always learn to love your wife better. You can always learn how to love your husband better. I can't stand marriage sermons. Right. I'm just saying. They hurt. (laughs) They hurt, right. They're just, ooh. Love love your wife like Christ loved the church. Oh, oh, man. Man. Uh, But in that, say, I may have an opportunity to come alongside a younger couple that just newlyweds and say... Hey, let's. Can I take you out? Can we take you all out to, to dinner or come over to our house? What did you think about that sermon this Sunday? Right. And, you know. How were y'all struggling with that? Are you, what, what's going on with that? Let me talk about our struggles that we've yep. had and how we've overcome those through the words. That, I mean, that's great it's, application yep. for. This is good stuff for me to think about when I'm preaching that sometimes you got to think outside the box a little bit because sometimes it can be. For me, I can obviously take the same, make the same applications and I have to work at this. Mm-hmm. But. That's a good way for you to think about it yourself. How can I... It's not just for me. It's for the church. So how can I be a help to the church around me right. in that? And that's part of that conversating over the text. How can I, in that same passage of not neglecting together in 1025, it says, how can I uh, stir one another up yes. to love and good works? How can I encourage? And part of that is not neglecting, but that means when you come into the church, you are stirring others up. You are uh, encouraging one another. Absolutely. Um, and that's that can be hard because sometimes you got to have that have that have the hard questions asked. You're gonna have to say some hard things. And, and stirring sometimes mixes, gets people a little. You, mm. you may have to say, "Hey, uh, Francisco, quit gossiping." Mm-hmm. Right. I, I want you to love one another. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Francisco, quit yelling at your wife. Yes. Quit yelling or at your children. Kids. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. So, I uh, you missed it. Um, I missed it. I saw, watched it. Lonnie brought uh, the word. Man, it was good. He, I love was the line preach. He uh, he start he started in chapter twenty one, and I, I found I found it funny. We uh, at the beginning of chapter twenty one, his his main section was on the bronze serpent, verses four through nine. But he started that first section, and I just laughed because. They just saw what God did, a powerful work of the mighty hand of God, and they were like, this food sucks. <laughs> right? But how many times has that happened? Oh, because it, it, we went, I, I went through numbers, numbers before I got here, and I preached through a couple chapters in numbers, and it's just hilarious to me. <laughs> because 
the whole time. They're walking through this life and like, oh God, look what you've done. Hey, Moses, you suck. I don't like this. I don't. I, I don't want this bread. My anymore. feet hurt. My feet hurt. Are we there yet? Are we there? <laughs> <laughs> we hate you. Uh, we want to go home. We want to go back. We want to go back. The, slavery. The new generation who never experienced the slavery wanted to go back, <laughs> uh, and that that just shows how our sinful hearts are. We desire to go back to sin. We desire to go back to back to Egypt, the former ways of life, and which Paul tells us to take off the former ways of life and put on Christ. Take off those chains of slavery. Mm. They've been broken. Stop crawling, stop crawling back to them and putting them back on. They've been broken. Hey, here's here's something uh, a reminder for us in in the episode of Moses striking the rock. It's a good reminder. Moses does not enter the Holy Land until the Transfiguration. Ooh. I don't know if you knew that. I saw that well. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know who said that. I don't know if I came up with that. I don't know where that came from, but it's in my Bible. That's and good. I preached through that section, so it could be stolen from somebody. So cite whoever is Whoever there. that was. Yeah. Could have been Chris Lindsay. Could have been someone else. Yeah. But that's good. Ooh. Ooh, chills on that one. Moses did not reach the Holy Land until the Transfiguration. Mm. So all of this is happening after uh, Moses has his little freak out moment. Right. Where he strikes the rock. Aaron dies. Uh, Arad's destroyed. And then these sneaky snakes start popping up. They weren't that sneaky, but... Um, just think about that. I'm definitely afraid of snakes. We've we've talked about this many times, and this passage just like bothers me. Mm-hmm. Were you sitting there like when he was preaching, like, Ugh. yeah? I'm just sitting there thinking about it because it was to the point where where the serpents were like around them enough that three days later they're probably just chilling, and homeboy reaches down for his uh, alcohol-free Coors Light. <laughs> and lifts it up and gets bit by a snake. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then he's like, turns and looks, and there's faith. But I thought Lonnie brought up a really good point. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God doesn't remove the snakes from your life. Yes, that was good. That was a good... I, he didn't say it exactly like that. Right, but that was the... But that's that's... He said it because if we just remove the snakes, it wouldn't have mattered. Wouldn't matter. Oh, and he talked about like, oh, that was just a coincidence. Yeah, and and so and so the the non removal of the snakes mm-hmm. and the continuous trials and getting bit, uh, purposed them to continue to look. Like every time they got bit by a snake, they had to look right. Mm-hmm. Every time something happened. They got bit by a snake. They had to look with faith. Mm-hmm. Takes us to Hebrews. You weren't here, so you don't know. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter 12. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was our benediction. Benediction. Yeah, you weren't here for that, man. Yeah. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great so cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin, 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 <laughs> sin are snakes, mm-hmm. right? If we're using biblical theology correctly, mm-hmm. yeah. which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to who? 
Jesus, the the one who is lifted up, mm-hmm. looking to him. As we continue sin, as we continue to lay aside that sin, as we t- continue to go through the trials and tribulations, getting bit by snakes, let us look, look to Jesus. To Jesus. The founder and perfecter of our faith. Yep. You over here, King James Virgin. Yeah, 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 that's right. Or I was thinking of Revelation. <laughs> he he was the one for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Mm, that's good. Look to look, Jesus. Look that's to Jesus. That's it. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith. Mm. When things are hard, when life sucks, when you feel like you're getting bit by a bunch of snakes... Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. I don't. I don't know why. What else to say after that? That was good though. That was a good sermon. It was a good sermon. I am thankful for men that can step in the pulpit and rightly exposit and preach the word, including you, Lonnie, uh, Bob, the other night at the annual meeting. Um, thankful that we have um, many men that are many able men to can do, do that. That's a blessing to the church, by the way. Uh, that's a gift to the church. That's said in Ephesians. To, these are gifts to the church, not to boast or about ourselves that we're we're not you know we're not God's gift. To, we're kind of God's gift to you, but not like in that way. I'm God's gift to. No, didn't we joke about that? We did joke about socks. this later. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, we are uh, that the, these men. So Lonnie's a gift to the church. Yeah, Lonnie's not a, a sock. No, nah, he's straight up no. like a he's a brand new bicycle. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo sixty four mm. when I was in, yeah, yeah, Xbox One, yeah, PlayStation five, PS five, something. He is he yeah he is the brand new car, the brand, the brand That's new the Corvette. Lexus commercial yes. with a big red bow. That on is it. Lonnie. That's Lonnie Coker. all day. Lonnie Coker. <laughs> so we do listening. We do listening. Great English guys. Great grammar. Uh, we we listen to the word of God. We. Preach the word of God for us. We exposit the word of God. We apply the word of God. We uh, look to Jesus, to the, the praise, praise of his glory. glory.